0: Not exactly sure where to start today, so this is just going to be a Holy Spirit moment, which it always is. By the way, someone asked me if I prepared or wrote notes or anything for this podcast, and I do when I'm looking at certain things like spirits, or I reference my book from my exorcist priest, but no, (laughs) it's just me and the Holy Spirit. I truly believe, and it is sharing what I experience in prayer. But also, what I may be just struggling with or triumphing over during the last time that I talked to you. And again, this is now gonna be seven days a week. Most podcasts are only Monday through Friday, and I truly believe that we need to walk with each other every day. I think that the weekends are times when we just get a little lax and we don't wanna do that, right? So, today in prayer, I did have another spiritual new thing happen to me. I have to share these with you because I feel like God brings these beautiful consolations to me so that I can share them with you. And I wasn't going to because I just don't want any of you out there to be like, hmm, well, why am I not getting all these spiritual consolations in my prayer life? That is one thing that I do not want you to think about, do not want you to concern yourself about ever, because all of us are on different journeys. All of us are in different places in our life, and we're so unique, first, in our relationship with God, second, with everything and every experience that we individually have had is so different from each other. You don't know what that person's prayer life is. You don't know their walk. So don't concern yourself with that. Just know that God is waiting to give you those beautiful consolations in your prayer too. So what was happening was I kept thinking, what am I going to do in the future? It was overwhelming my prayer. It was taking me away from my prayer. Let's just say that I kept having to pull myself back into the presence of God. And so yet again, I'm still praying the surrender rosary, which three of the decades you say, Jesus, take over the other two. You say, mother Mary guide me. And I was on my first decade. I was praying for my ministry, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I was getting bombarded with all these weird thoughts taking me completely off of my ministry. And I was feeling anxious. So I said, Jesus, take over. And I began my third or fourth Hail Mary. And as I was praying, my eyeballs did something so weird. My eyes closed But then my eyes closed so hard that it was like I looked down into the back of my brain for crying out loud. I have never closed my eyes that way or felt it so deep. I was not making those muscles move, by the way. I don't know how to close my eyes that way. And then at the same time, my eyeballs went left. My left eye went left. My right eye went right. So in my mind, I was like, it was almost as if I was opening up my conscious mind in my frontal lobe again I don't even know how to explain this stuff but I have meditated before where I have opened my mind I've gone into what I would almost call like a, a different dimension in my mind because I calmed my body so much and I was in a state where I could slip into my subconscious this is where you do the, the reprogramming but that's not what was happening today for sure And it lasted about a minute, and I just sat there. I didn't have full paralyzation, but I was peaceful, and my body was relaxed, and I didn't really need to move. I could have moved. You know, it's not the paralyzing thing that I had a couple weeks ago, my very first podcast coming back. So I just have to share with you, I just feel healing. When these things happen in your prayer time or even throughout the day, there's healing. And as I was praying, I kept thanking God about the fact that I'm now praying for other people. I don't know if I have a gift of healing, but I am seriously doing my best to share God's work in my life so that hopefully it touches you and you go to God too. You may be A person that has the gift of healing and you may not even know it but by praying with people and for people you may be healing them through the power of Jesus Christ in your faith all throughout the Bible you see that people lay hands on the person pray over them and then sometimes they are immediately healed or they're being healed in God's time Again, I don't know, but I am hearing from everyone and I truly believe that my husband's death is healing people, including me. So getting on with my prayer time, I mean, everything in the readings was awesome. Everything. I was like, God, you're talking to me here. You're talking to me there. You're talking to me here. You're talking to me there. But guess what? He really said to me, where is it? Okay. This is in the responsorial psalm, and it's one word. Again, remember the other day it was daily? One word. I'm just going to read the responsorial psalm 51. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin, cleanse me. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin, cleanse me. The word guilt, as if you didn't figure that one out, as you read the title of this podcast, slapped me in the face guilt. I think we all know the feeling, but let me just read a few definitions to you. The fact of being responsible for the commission of an offense. Moral culpability. Blame is the synonym. The fact of having been found to have violated a criminal law. Legally culpability, or legal culpability. Responsibility for a mistake or error. Remorseful awareness of having done something wrong. Self-reproach for supposed inadequacy or wrongdoing. Remorseful awareness of having done something wrong. I, oh my gosh, if I can bottle how much guilt I've had in my life and and like sold it for money or whatever, who would want to buy guilt, but work with me on this one. I would be a gazillionaire if I could bottle it up and sell it and get rid of it from everybody. Here, give me your guilt. How many times have you done something and have felt that pit in your stomach? When I used to cheat on my first husband, always drunk out of my mind, high as a kite, I would hook up with people and I sometimes wouldn't know their name. And then the next morning, do you know the guilt that I felt? My life on my journey in the beginning was all guilt. I was running to confession every week because I was committing mortal sin every week. And I felt so guilty. I just wanted to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. I needed that healer. Now I'm going, so far every day, I mean, it's only been, what, two days. But it's amazing. Back, starting my morning, first fruits with him, going to mass, receiving him in my body and my soul. Guilt. It stinks, man. <laughs> so guess what I sat with this morning? I have no guilt for two days. Nothing. Nothing. Guilt is a horrible feeling and guilt can eat you up. Why? Because Satan wants you to feel that way. Doesn't want you to feel happy and joyful and loving and peaceful. Wants you to hate yourself. Wants you to think that God won't forgive you because you are so bad. Even if you murdered someone, God will forgive you if you're repentant. That's the key here, by the way. You can all go to confession, and if you don't really mean it and don't really want to have it end in your life, it kind of doesn't count. (laughs) Just a heads up on that. So maybe you're asking, well, what are you feeling guilty about, Kendra? You're not out there committing mortal sin anymore. Well, I would feel guilty every single time I drank. Even if I didn't wake up with a little bit of a headache, or if I didn't over-imbibe, if you will, like if I only had one or two, which is typically what I would have, maybe three, but I would still wake up feeling guilty, especially when I had a few more. For example, the night that my husband, we buried him and everybody came over, I drank a lot. I mean, when I'm socializing with people, it's hard to really keep track of how much I was drinking, and I woke up the next day, and boy, did I feel it. But when I sat with the word guilt and I don't have an ounce of it in me, I don't have a cell that is off, I don't have a vibe in my body that's making me rock my peace. This is because I went to confession on Wednesday and I confessed all the things. So I started fresh. And <laughs> it's a game changer. It really is because guilt stinks. And you can get rid of it just by stepping in to reconciliation. Getting all of that off of your soul. Listen to the past podcasts. If, if, listen to my past podcast if you have not. Because it's important to know that evil is lurking and they just latch onto us. And when we're drunk, when we're high, when our body is filled with toxins, the Holy Spirit can't survive. So it steps out and then the other spirits come in. Do you, I know a lot of you may not, but do you remember the story, the parable in the Bible of when that Holy Spirit left that body and went off to find somewhere else to go, couldn't find another place, came back to that same soul and found it all nice and swept up and clean. And guess what? That demon brought seven other spirits worse than him And that soul was way worse. So what does that mean? We have to fill ourselves with the Spirit of God through prayer, through the sacraments, through the church, through reconciliation, so that the spirits cannot come in. When we're living a virtuous life, when we're not in mortal sin, when we're praying and giving all praise and glory to God and thanking Him for everything in our lives, we're filled with God when we turn to pornography when we are angry with someone when we hold resentment when we go do all of those things with substances that you know change our state of sobriety when we watch porn i think i might have said that when we steal something when we have sex with somebody else or before marriage or in marriage i mean all these things they just whoosh, cut us off and then more evil spirits can come in why because god ain't in there it's all open all clean ready to go for all those guys to come in and party in your body and in your soul okay demons exist Satan exists it is all over the Bible Jesus healed people from all of their diseases but he also cast out demons all over the place all over the place and that is what we're going to talk about, universal means of protection for us. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or Sunday. I'm taking my mom to the airport in the morning or it's going to be Sunday, but I will come to you with more spirits that specifically attack us so that you can start writing down some spirits that you think are attacking you in your life. So stay tuned, but I'm just going to kind of go through this universal means of protection. So faith and obedience. First and foremost, we have to pray. We have to know God and it takes time. It's a struggle in the catechism of the Catholic church. There's a section in there that says prayer is a battle. Why is it a battle? Because look, we, <laughs> we are so instantaneously looking for gratification think about how we want things instantly when you know even a video on your phone is scrolling or buffering or something and you're just like looking at the circle of death spinning on your screen oh my gosh hurry up I mean think about that for a second we are ridiculous we don't have patience we want what we want when we want it and this is hard to change but when you do Oh my gosh, it's so great. You don't sit in a grocery line and freak out because there's seven people in front of you with full carts. You don't get in your car and want to run over people because they're not driving fast enough. Because you want to get there as fast as you can and control the road. This is my highway, by the way. Get out of my way, especially in this left lane. When we learn patience, and when we practice patience, by the way, we have to practice. It's a virtue. Virtues are like muscles. If we don't practice them, they will not grow. And what I'm telling you right here is faith and obedience is part of it. So you have to have a prayer relationship with God. And we also have to live the way that he says. So according to the catechism, and this catechism is really a list of everything and why we believe what we believe in the Catholic Church. And by the way, the catechism is like 900 pages, but it's all. Okay, the whole of man's history has been the story of dour combat with the powers of evil. Stretching, so our Lord tells us, from the very dawn of history until the last day. We're going to be battling this until the last day, people. The closer you are to God, the farther you are from evil. (laughs) I mean, it's really that simple. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Prayer. It's a weapon against evil, people. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's from the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. Matthew six thirteen. Regular prayer, especially the Lord's Prayer, the Rosary, and other forms of focused prayer on God's protection can be effective in shielding oneself from demonic influences. Have I not told you how many times I have been healed in prayer? I don't know which podcast it was, but do you remember the three to four inches of this aura, this spirit, this feeling that I had around me. And then when I said, Jesus, take over, boom, it was pulled away. It didn't go in. I mean, it wasn't like it went into my skin and then it was gone. It was pulled off of me. I felt it pull off of me. That's protection from God. Okay. The sacraments. I'm going to read this. The sacraments, particularly baptism, The Eucharist, which is Holy Communion, remember Jesus is what we receive in Mass, and reconciliation, or as many people call it, confession, offer special grace and protection. Baptism, for instance, cleanses us from original sin, and it marks us as children of God. Therefore, this is a quote from the Bible, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having, whoops, Oh, let me reread that. <laughs> Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. That's Ephesians 6.13. So what are the sacraments? They arm us with the armor of God. This is the cool thing about the Catholic Church. Nobody else has this. This is why Jesus gave us his church. Remember, all the other denominations didn't come until 1,500 years after Jesus left. And remember, God tells us how to worship. Back in the Old Testament, God told the Jews how to worship, and they did it. Read Leviticus. Jesus tells us how to worship. And we worship by abiding, by attending Mass every Sunday. It's a mortal sin if you don't. What is a mortal sin? You're going to hell. So get to confession. This is why he gives us the sacrament, so that we can be protected, we can be forgiven, and we can actually be healed as we go through this struggle in our life. All right, what's the other one here? I'm just looking at a thing here. Word of God. Sometimes I do have things that I read, by the way, as you know. Okay, the Word of God. Hello. That is what we should be meditating on all the time. And I know a lot of you don't know the Bible. I didn't either. I never touched the thing. (laughs) I mean, if I did, I probably would have blew up in flames or something like that. But when I started reading, it really started with the audio Bible. And I'm going to give a shout out to a dude of mine, Mike Stark. It's called Truth and Life Audio Bible. I think you go online there are actual actresses like Kristen Bell is one of the voices I don't remember all the other ones but they're very well-known actors who actually make the Bible a movie in your ears there's music there's sounds and I would just put it in my ears when I would go for a walk I would be listening to the Bible when I was in Europe traveling when I was back in the, as a CIO in corporate America Truth and Life Audio Bible. Uh, Go to your app store. And I think it might be a little bit of money to get the audio on there, but there are also beautiful... what are they? Like little links within the Bible like you have on the usccb.org site. When you read the readings, you can click like a little number one or a little A will be in the corner of a word and you click on it and it'll take you to the Old Testament referencing how it was fulfilled, or something, I don't know. Um, In other words, it helps you learn the Bible and reflect on what it means. So it's teaching you as you go. There is also The Bible in the Year by Father Mike Schmitz. That's awesome too. That actually will take you through the entire Bible and explain it as you go along. Father Mike is a totally normal dude, I think most people would appreciate his style. It's not too uppity. He does talk fast. My mom has a problem. She's like, I'm going to listen to it all again. She's doing it every single day. (laughs) and She's like, I think I need to listen to it again. He's too fast. I'm like, Mom, you know, you can slow him down. She's like, I can. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Ah. Okay. So the word of God is living and it speaks to you every day. Hello guilt (laughs) and it wasn't a bad thing about guilt everyone it was me to sit here and think I have not an ounce of guilt in me and there's something to be said about that talk about freedom Wow okay regarding reading and meditating on 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 the scriptures they fortify the soul as the author of Hebrew states for the word of God is living and active Sharper than any two-edged sword. That's Hebrews 4.12. All right, now there are things called sacramentals and blessings. So holy water, crucifixes, miraculous medals, maybe you've got a scapular. They can serve as tangible reminders of God's protection. Maybe you carry a rosary around in your pocket and you're just feeling it there, knowing it's there. It's a physical reminder of the love of Jesus, the love of Mary, and the beautiful church that we have they're not like magic items (laughs) like we're holding on to a rabbit's foot or anything like this but it aids in our faith and our devotion and it helps to protect us against evil spirits because if you have a blessed rosary in your pocket that's like additional stuff if you will i wear a crucifix that's blessed i wear a miraculous medal that's blessed and actually it's a cross it's not a crucifix oh no i take that back (laughs) so i have a single cross that my husband gave me it's the best gift he ever gave me for my birthday and then i have a double it's a miraculous medal but on the front of it there's a cross it is a crucifix it's super tiny those two are together and then i have a scapular and i wear um, a benedict medal on my wrist I don't do this to as a superstition. I do it because A, it reminds me of God when I see it. B, it helps me evangelize because a scapular is ugly. <laughs> I mean, come on people. It is a piece of string with a square of like wool on it, brown wool. And it itches, and it's not I have a really cute one, by the way. I got one from Joanne. I love you, my girl. She's down in uh she has someone down in um Mexico who makes these, and it's blessed. and anyway, so mine isn't as big as some of them, but yeah, they're not attractive. <laughs> so a lot of people ask, "What the heck is that around your neck?" And I love it because I'm like, "Oh, it's a scapular," and then I go on to explain, and they're all like, "Huh. So I don't know, dropped a seed. Don't know what God will do with it. Okay, community and spiritual direction. The communal life of the church <clears throat> the communal life of the church helps safeguard its members. Evil thrives in isolation, whereas mutual support and correction within a community acts as bulwarks against demonic activity. What the heck is bulwarks bulwarks let's look that up i've never seen that word in my life bulwark b u l w a r k a wall or embankment raised as a defense as a defensive fortification something serving as a defense or safeguard a breakwater okay interesting didn't know that okay so again that's why you're listening that's why you Are walking with this group with me that's why you have people at your church that you've met or you've gone to a retreat or to a healing center you've done something where you have met people on the journey my dear friends this saved my life I'm not kidding all of the spiritual people on the walk that I'm on whether I know you whether it's someone that's just on social media or I've met you through some of the conferences that I've talked at. Maybe you've been a leader of them or I met you during it. I cannot tell you I have so many people on that side of my life versus my secular side of my life. There's plenty of people on my secular side that are also Looking and searching and seeking, and I love that. I truly believe that it has everything to do with Jeff's death. But when I turn around and I look at the community, this is why I'm going to speak next week. This is why I'm going to Beaumont, Texas on March 2nd. Christ in her. I mean, this is why I have another talk in Helena, Montana in April. There was no question in my mind that I would not go to these events because I need my spiritual companions I need that love there's something different about a Christian on the walk trying to love trying to accept you where you're at and also praying for you and that has been a huge huge lesson for me and what a beauty I prayed for you all today I prayed for all of your struggles that you are free and for those of you who are seeking that you Run to the church and run to confession. Okay. Again, I don't want this to be like me (laughs) making you feel guilty. Guilt, 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 guilt. But you know what? (laughs) I'm telling you the reason I don't feel guilt for two days is because I went to confession. And I haven't done it since. There's a pattern here. There's a cause and effect That's why I keep asking you and begging you to go to confession. It's the best thing ever. Okay, and then, of course, there's exorcism, and this is the rite of exorcism. When I say rite, I mean R-I-T-E. It's one of the church's special means of combating demonic possession, which rarely happens, by the way. However, it is important to note that exorcism is reserved for extreme cases and must only be performed by authorized priests. So not every priest can do this, by the way. I don't know if you know this. I may have said this before. But back in the day before Vatican II, before they changed the Latin Mass and the way in which Catholic Masses were celebrated, they, each diocese had at least one exorcist. And then the Vatican kind of took them away. And then the need came swirling back. And now there are exorcists, at least one or two, in each diocese. That has to tell you something. Has to tell you something. The last thing is fasting and penance. So if you think about it, even Jesus said, this kind cannot be driven out by anything. But prayer and fasting that's mark 929 so when you fast please try not to make yourself oh look at me I haven't eaten in so many days this is what Jesus says too: when you fast don't let anybody know when you give alms meaning when you donate and you give money don't let anybody know he says let your right hand not know what your left hand is doing and your heavenly father will love you and be happy that you've done this in secret. In other words, praying too. Don't go out there like the people on the street corner, the pagans babbling a bunch of words, getting out there in front of everyone, looking for human praise. Go pray in quiet behind a closed door with God. And sometimes fasting and penance is what we need to do to get out these big demons in our life. And when we fast, let's make it meritorious. Remember, let's offer it to Jesus and unite it with him on the cross. And then put it towards something or allow Jesus to figure out, okay, I'm going to take this and make it work for whoever I want. So guilt, (laughs) it stinks. There's nothing good about guilt. And the only way to get rid of it, in my humble experience, in my opinion, based on my experience, is to go to confession. And I remember how scared I was and how I did not appreciate that sacrament of the Catholic Church in the beginning, except for the fact that that was when I encountered God the very first time. But it was never easy. It's easier now because... I know the mercy of God, and I know if I just pour it all out, I'm going to be healed, and I'm going to get those demons off of me or out of me through that sacrament. Remember, it's better than an exorcism. Going on 32 minutes, 33, actually, 33, three is my favorite number, the Holy Trinity. Okay, guilt. Guilt it stinks. Get rid of it. (laughs) That's pretty much the gist of it. Run to confession for all of you people who are not Catholic. Although, you know what? I did hear one time that someone went into a Catholic church and asked to go to confession, was asked if they were Catholic, and they were not, but the priest still met with that person. Look, there's something about speaking out loud to someone. Yes, only a priest who's authorized can forgive sins basically be in persona Christi in in place of Jesus basically so when you're in that confessional you're speaking to Jesus not to father Bob right but there's something to be said about rule I think 14 could be 13 in Saint Ignatius discernment of spirits the rules because when we keep things secret and we never say it out loud Evil loves that because now you're in isolation and they can mess with you so bad. So what you need to do is find a spiritual person, find someone who is going to love you to Jesus, who's going to be honest with you, who is going to keep your information confidential. And maybe that's the one thing that you do need to say out loud to somebody else, and then say it out loud in confession. The bottom line is, once we speak the words out in the air and somebody else hears it, you're no longer in secret, and the devil has a less grip on you as a result of that. A lesser grip, I think that's the word. All righty, everyone, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, you did not create us to be guilty. You created us to be peaceful and joyful and loving. You said that with you we could have peace that surpasses all understanding. Even in the times of death and illness, And financial woes where we think that there's no way out of this even with our addictions or our anger and resentment toward other people anything is possible with you and we don't want guilt there's not a person Lord that is praying with me right now to you begging you to heal us from that guilt. Put in the hearts of anyone who is listening, any fallen away Catholic, to run to confession for that beautiful freedom from guilt. Help everyone know that there is peace and joy And love and acceptance and all of this goes away all of it that is you God so help change our hearts to run to you in all situations and to thank you for showing yourself in our lives maybe it's through this podcast maybe it's through other people maybe we've seen some things in nature Maybe we have just felt more joyous, more filled with you, Lord. And for that, we thank you. And we beseech you and beg you to bring more to us so that we can be that love and joy for our families and everyone you put in our path today. Jesus, help us live in today, this 24-hour journey, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Help us to be present so that we hear your voice, we see your ways, and our will conforms to you. Because as we read in the readings, that's what we need to do for everlasting life and honestly, for everlasting joy here on earth. Mary, take our left hand. Holy Spirit, take our right. Guide us and lead us through today to Jesus's sacred heart, where there we will find peace. There we will find strength. There we will find ourselves free from guilt. Lord, we'd like to pray for all the souls in purgatory. They love you so much. They want to be with you, and we want to pray them up to you because we love our neighbors, even when they're not on this earth, especially those who don't have anyone to pray for them. We take a moment of silence where we can speak out loud the names of those who have passed before us, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for me, a sinner, now and at the hour of my death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just want to say thank you to everyone who reached out to me. Asking me how I was doing, praying for me, Sherry from Christ in Her reached out and said, "Honey, I'm so sorry. Pray, you know, put the rosary underneath your pillow." I forgot, by the way. I ended up laying down, listening to a podcast, and I fell asleep. It was a nice night's sleep, and I truly believe that it was you and all of your prayers and concern for me. There is a prayer of protection before you sleep so that you don't have nightmares and you don't have any issues. So I will share that with you. It's hard to share attachments and things, you know, in a podcast. I don't know. Maybe I'm not using the right, maybe I have to learn these things. I don't know. Again, just walking day by day with God. (laughs) We'll see what he does. All right, everyone. I love you all so much. Find something more with God. This Lent is it. Let's get psyched today. Oh, by the way, it is Friday. So Friday during Lent, we do not eat meat. Chicken, beef, lamb, pork, nothing with legs. Okay. We can eat fish. And it would be great if you kind of looked at Fridays as a fasting day. Don't eat a lot. Try to do a lot of penance. You know, think about Jesus hanging on the cross for three hours and all that he went through with his crown of thorns on his head and the scourging at the pillar and carrying that cross. Again, don't eat meat. Today is a beautiful day to just remember what Jesus did for us. He died today for our sins, and he has changed my life in ways that I wish I could explain. And guess what? I want that for you. I mean, I really want that for you. I found I looked for this in the world. I looked for it in my job, I looked at it in money, I looked at it in houses, in boats, in wave runners, in material things in in, you know, vacations. And that was not the joy and the peace and the love that I find by following God, by trying to be virtuous and looking at my life. I am so much of a basic person. I don't need a lot. This is why I'm looking to go through this house and really get rid of stuff that I don't need or use and give it to someone who will. I'm so grateful that he healed me from my idolatry of the almighty dollar. Thank you, God, because I worship money. It was everything to me. It's still a lot because you need money, right? But I don't worship it. I'm I'm, I'm actually trying to discern where God wants me to take my ministry and where he may be taking me is not cheap. It's expensive. But I'm trusting that somehow, some way, if this is truly his will, that I'll get help with this. You know, I'm, I'm speaking code right now. Sorry about that. But I'm just, I don't want to bring anything up because I'm still praying. It's way early, way early, even though tomorrow it's going to be a month. Gosh. I mean, it's so weird when time flies and then it stands still at the same time. Just crazy. All let me let you go because I know you have a life and I've got to get to mass. So I love you all. Again, find something more with God, soul, mind, and body. And have a blessed and inspired day.